Hey, y'all. Hey, it's your girl, Cree. Listen, hard and crucial conversations are so important. We tend to see many platforms shy away from discussions just like this. What better way to discuss hard conversations than on our podcast, right? These ladies open their hearts to share a testimony that will glorify God, reach people, and bring hope to not only those within the LGBTQIA community, but anyone struggling with breaking from relationships that do not serve them. Coming out is one thing, but as you will hear, coming out again and surrendering to God is a whole nother level. This conversation got so good, we had to have a part one and a part two. So open your ears, open your hearts to this amazing convo with Melinda and Angelina. Be blessed. Walk in purpose, y'all. The LGBT community, it is it is truly a community. It is a world. And while a lot of it is built on a lot of toxicity, you can find your people. You can find your community. You feel like you belong. Everybody is welcome. That was one of the things that I love. Like, I would be at the Pride Parade like, wow, I wish I had that type of confidence because it didn't matter what you look like, what you had on. It, I, I loved it because I felt like I was a part of something. And we have this innate desire to be connected to people. I mean, we were built that way. And so if you're going to pull me out or I'm coming out of the community, what am I coming out to connect to? Because I already feel like I don't belong because y'all treating me funny. Right. So if I come out, are y'all going to embrace me? Am I now going to become one of y'all? Because if not, let me just stay over here where I'm comfortable because I don't want to come out and be alone. Welcome to When Marriage and Purpose Collide, the, the podcast. podcast. So, babe, what is this podcast about? Well, we are passionate about helping Christian singles date with intention and purpose for marriage. It hasn't been that long since we've been in these dating streets. So, yes, our episode will cover relationships, dating with purpose, married life, conflict, communication, love, life, and so much more. So if you've been rocking with us for the first time or since season one, you are in for a time. Oh yeah. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, and share this episode. Also, send a review. Now, on to the episode. I need to live fully for God. I need to live fully for Christ. And I need to bounce from this relationship. I need to start serving God more. Like, when did that happen? How did it happen? Like, go ahead and let us know. G, go ahead and start us off. Okay, for me, it was really, it was a buildup, I would say, um, so that I don't make this too long. I'll start with 2020. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, 2020, when everybody's life changed, um, COVID hit. And I know people lost a lot in COVID, but for me, I gained. I lost and gained because... Um, she and I were so connected that we literally did everything together. I mean, from the time, and that's why I say I, I'm so glad you're free, because from the time I woke up, I'm either probably texting or calling because it became the norm. Even though we work together, so I'm going to see you at work. I'm going to talk to you at work. We would talk on the way to work. Um, and then I would see you at work, might come sit in your office during lunch. 
Uh, then we're going to get off and I'm probably going to stay late because you're staying late. And then we might go to happy hours, probably at happy hour, like probably three, a minimum three times a week. Um, and then I'm going to talk to you on the way home, like literally did everything together. And so I felt like I couldn't live without her. I wanted to leave where I was working because I was unhappy, but a part of me was afraid to do so because literally she taught me everything I knew when it came to teaching. Mm -hmm. And so going somewhere else, working somewhere else, I was afraid to do so because how do I do that? And she's not there. Yeah. And so um, when COVID hit, you know, everything shuts down. We didn't live together. So I didn't see her hardly. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we're not going to work. So all of that time, even talking on the phone became a bit much and won't have nothing to talk about because we ain't doing that. So we have nothing to talk about. So the conversations were less and less. Mm -hmm. The time is less and less. Mm -hmm. And in that time, my brother was actually doing uh, some other ministries. He had just started a Bible study and when COVID hit, he took it to Zoom. And so I was on Zoom religiously. And one thing that really got me, he and I are very close and we would talk all the time, but I couldn't hold these conversations with him because you talking about the word of God and I don't know what you're talking about. Like I knew the basics, mm -hmm. but you taking me too far. And so during COVID, I had nothing but time on hand. So I'm reading, studying, you know, listening to different uh, preachers and, you know, all of that. So you can't help but start to feel a way when you start getting all of this knowledge. Mm. And so I remember perfectly it was April 2020. I was trying to get her, this is crazy, trying to get her to start writing curriculum for churches. Cause I said, you good at writing academic curriculum. So won't you write some spiritual curriculum? Mm -hmm. In turn, she starts to tell me, well, why don't you use your gifts for the kingdom? You ain't using yours. I'm, I didn't know what mine were. So I couldn't even, I couldn't even have a comeback for that. Mm -hmm. But in that conversation, she makes a statement that like, told me up inside. Wow. And she says, the problem is, you love God more than you love me more than you love God. And like that told me up. So I was like, no, you lying. Like that's not even true. But it was true because wherever your heart is, then your actions and everything else follows. And so I was, she was an idol more than anything. I you had to go beyond love. Like it was an idol. And everything revolved around that. And so when she said it, it stuck with me and I couldn't get those words out of my head. But as time went on, um, after that, it's like the relationship got extremely strained. I did not go back to work when the schools opened up. So um, there went that time. And because we're not working together anymore, I'm also not hanging with you anymore for happy hour because, A, I'm too broke because I decided I was going to open up school. And that fell through. So I'm door dashing, Ubering, just trying to make ends meet. But during all that time, I'm listening to podcasts and stuff, still being filled, right? And so everything starts to kind of crumble. So 2021, um, it was a push and pull. Like me and God was literally like boxing. He was really <laughs> trying to pull me away and I'm steady going forward. I would try to, 
uh, keep the relationship going, but we would argue so much. Like it would always seem like, okay, this is about to work. And then God hit me with a, I, I, I done told you, but I'm still trying to keep it working. But it made it to the point where I didn't really want to be around her. She didn't want to be around me because we we were butting heads so much. And I didn't want to accept that God is trying to block it. So in October of 2021, I decided I was going to conduct the fast. The previous year, my brother had conducted it and he was going through his own things. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. I feel like I need to do it. And some other people are asking, like, are we going to do it again? So I decided to lead it. I didn't know what I was doing, but I decided to lead it. Mm. And I remember praying before the fast started. I was like, God, you know, I just need you to wash me clean. Just remove anything that, you know, is not like you because I can't do it. And I feel like he knew what I was trying to say. I couldn't bring the words to say, tear the relationship up, God. Like I wanted to, but I couldn't say it because it was so final. And so day two of the fast, when I tell you God came through and tore their relationship up, like... He didn't waste no time. But what was so crazy, I I wasn't hurt. I wasn't curled up in a ball like I thought I was going to be because all that time from 2020 on up until now, he had been removing her and filling me with him so much so that I didn't even realize I don't even need you anymore. I don't even desire you anymore. And so from that moment on, like the clarity and the peace and just, I was finally able to hear, I'd never heard, like really felt like I heard from God, but Mm -hmm. to actually be able to speak to him and feel like he's speaking to me. And even though it's not a voice, it is a voice. Like I, I be hearing the voice. But to start seeing visions, like I really had a relationship with him. But because I had no room for him before that, we had no, we didn't have no connection. And once I truly said, I'm all yours, God, like I take the hand, my hands off the wheel and you just do whatever you're going to do because I've been screwing up. So I'm going to let you handle it. And at that point, me and Jesus have been rocking ever since. So right to the list, Papa. Right, right. right. That I think we underestimate the prayer. Remove anything that's not like you. That's a dangerous prayer. It is. And you got to be ready for it. You got to be ready. Like, you got to, okay, ooh, all right. Okay, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Like, it's like you have to, and you. it's like you can be ready, but you can't be ready because you don't know what's coming after that. But you know that something's about to happen because you didn't said it. And that's right. anything. Like, I even, to this day, I say it and stuff we just... Just chaotic and just move all the way around, but it's like, oh, I see what you were doing here when I did it. You know, oh, I'm getting my my relationships are rocky with my friends or whatever. It's because I said that I forgot I said it. You know, like like yeah, be because it started to happen, mm-hmm. and I couldn't control it. We had gone out one night, mm-hmm. and well, that particular night, she called me up. She's like, "You want to shoot some pool?" I was like, "Cool." You know, I come shoot pool. And she started to tell me, and it was a bait, you know, trying to bait me in. And she started to tell me about 
uh, what her plans were moving away and stuff like that. And I knew that it was not like the spirit just took over my mouth because I think he felt me about to try to backtrack. And he was like, nope. And I said, well, I think you should go and live your life. I would never say that. But after that, stuff just started rolling out of my mouth. And finally, I said, I I don't want this anymore. And I couldn't control it. And it's like, if I could have just grabbed the words and put them back, but I couldn't. And I knew, like, it's not me talking and even she was like, what's wrong with you? Because you've never said any of this to me. And I just sat there like, but that's what I mean, you know? But after that, I cried. I, I won't lie. I went home and I sat in my uh, parking spot and I, I cried. And I remember saying, what now, God? Like, it's me and you. What now because I don't know what to do yeah. and I sat there and once I got it all out I was fine yeah. and she came back a couple of times really trying and she accused me of being insensitive but I had moved on like mm -hmm. God he shut it down and I had no desire and I never felt that I would never not want to be with her but my heart was with somebody else and I couldn't, I couldn't go back. I didn't even know how to go back. And I was just so thankful, you know, that I actually made it out. When I, when I tell you, mm -hmm. I should probably be dead somewhere. We did some throwed off stuff mm -hmm. and I should probably be laid up dead, locked up something mm -hmm. because we did some crazy things. And for him to allow me to come out of there um, pretty much almost the same way I came in, you know, physically nothing happened to me. I didn't make the news, no, none of that. So I, I'm truly grateful for that because not everybody, you know, can say that. Oh, thank you, G. Thank you so much for that. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna, um, hold my thoughts. I'm gonna let Mel go because I, that's something I want to say, but I was like, no, nah, let's let let's let Mel go because it's going to be the same. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. I'm going to have to say it again. So go, <laughs> so go ahead, Mel. Yeah, <laughs> so pivot. the pivot, pivotal moment for me, yeah. so um, I guess painting the picture leaving, leading up to the pivotal moment. So 2018, I ended up leaving a almost five-year relationship, and um, we were broken up. And this was a relationship that I thought was going to be like the end-all, be-all relationship or, or at least that's what I had told myself at the time um and then we broke up and so I was like distraught over that and then a few months later I met um the the person you know I met someone new and started dating them and so it was it was the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows if I have to be completely honest about it but it was one of those relationships probably like G where where she talked about that connection mm -hmm. that that um I had with with her at the time um it was really an ungodly soul tie if you, you want to mm. put put the labels on it but it was that strong like cannot pull apart type connection so wow. we we talked all the time um were together all the time she lived with me for a while and so, but, and she was also a believer as well. Okay. So she was, she was a believer. Um, 
knew the knew the Bible probably better than most Christians I know. Uh, she would be spitting out scriptures left and right. Uh, and I knew when I met her out that the calling on her life was great. You know, I knew that. But I, I say all that to say because it was important about the pivotal moment with her. So when all that happened, um, because the relationship was truly uh, like a roller coaster type relationship, uh, it was being that my heart was so into it, it pulled me on that whole ride of the ups and downs. Yeah. When COVID came um, in 2020, so saying like, gee, I, her and I, gee, you and I have a similar timeline. Mm -hmm. But when COVID came in 2020, it had gotten to a place to where I was emotionally tired. Mm -hmm. uh, I had been on the highs of the highs, the lows of the lows, and and I was just, I was tired. And I remember, because I feel like prior to COVID, I had distractions, so I didn't have those distractions. I was forced to sit. We were living together at the time. And so it just, it created even more tension at times. Like I said, it was really highs, the highs, lows, lows. But probably about um, a few, I would say halfway through 2020, I would say probably about June timeframe, mm -hmm. um, there were several times that I realized that God was trying to give me a way out by certain situations that happened where I could have easily been like, all right, see you later. Mm -hmm. But because of, you know, my heart and even in that sense too, I had tried to convince myself, I want to marry this person too. Like I want to pursue that. But in all honesty, I knew after I left my last relationship, I knew that I could feel that pull of God where, no, that's not where you're going to end up. But I was fighting it. Like, like G G called G was boxing, I was tug of war. I was like had that rope, you know, you plant your feet and it was just kind of you pull it. I was leaning with all my weight on it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but because of like so I was very and, and also too, I even more so because I, I wanted that, I allowed my whole walls on my heart to just be completely open to everything. So um I sell that to say when 2020 came, it was something that happened. I can't remember what exactly happened. And um, it ended up causing some tension between us. And then uh, I remember I was actually off social media that year for like that whole year of 2020. I was off social media for like 10 months almost. But the one time I got back up there, I ended up seeing a post from um, KW, Kendra Dublin, and basically she said, are you worthy? I think it's like, are you worthy or are you worthy of forgiveness? And I responded on the post and said, no. And so she was like, why not? And so at that point I moved to the DMs because I was like, I didn't want to put my business out there. So I moved to the DMs and uh, basically told her I felt I wasn't worthy of forgiveness. I wasn't worthy of love. I was truly in a place where I had hit emotionally and probably spiritually rock bottom so after that she just told me she was like jesus loves you and you are worthy and she ended up giving me her number told me to give her a call told me about her six-month coaching program and so uh, i debated on it for a while but i felt a pull from god to say you need to do it and so i paid for it for the program because i know me if i don't pay for it then they ain't gonna stick to it if I, my money go in it i'm like all right i'm, I'm about it so I paid for it and went through a coaching program. And one of the requirements for her program was you had to read the Bible every day. And so every day I had to read at least one chapter. 
and it was it was a struggle and also during that time frame sometimes i was drunk reading a chapter like i was like it was i didn't know what kind of state of mind i was in uh because even earlier that year i had started smoking weed and i'm not even a smoker never have been and i was like really trying to drown out the the um conviction that i was feeling from from holy spirit and so started reading the word and the crazy thing about reading the word was every it seemed like every day the things i was reading was speaking to my life in that moment and it was like that consistent conviction over and over again to the place of sometimes i didn't want to read it i was like oh i gotta read this again because <laughs> the lord was speaking to me so about no excuse me about august time frame um the lord and part of our coaching program too was to help you find your purpose so August time frame, even before we even got into that part in her coaching program, the Lord told me, I want you to start teaching Bible study. And so when he said that, I was like, you, you, you sure with me? Like, you want me to teach? He's like, yeah. And he, he, he told me he wanted me to teach. And mind you, I was still, so at this point, her and I in 2020, because of, I think when I started the coaching program, the Lord, I look back, I know the Lord began to change my heart. So I was trying to take small steps to step away from the relationship or basically to create, create distance, uh, which worked sometimes, but it, it, it worked in some ways. Like at least the days where I had coaching, which was like Thursday night, she wouldn't be there. But sometimes right when I get done, I'd be like, I'm coming to pick you up. Or uh, she would be at my house through the weekend. And so it was like we were spending less days together, but still talking nonstop every day throughout the day. And so um, in August, when I started teaching Bible study, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm still doing everything that I know that goes against your word. And so started teaching. And I remember this was, this was, I had many pivotal moments, but this was like a, a really big one was, one of my friends. So I text a group of my friends. I text like five people and I said, Hey, I'm starting a Bible study. Come join me. Like people I knew from church back in the day, growing up, whoever. So we were on Google meet and one of my friends, when we finished, she said, I like you because you teach, but you do your thing. And I know what she was saying. She meant it in a good way. She meant like you, you're real about when you, cause, cause for me, transparency is important. But she was also telling me and God was speaking to her to let me know, like, you're basically a hypocrite. <laughs> you're you're she held up a mirror to my face. That's what she did was she'd say you're teaching, but you're also out there sinning. You're not even doing the stuff that you're telling people to do. So I, I knew that that was I knew that eventually I would have to make a decision. And around this time frame, though, I would say probably even before I started the coaching program, I was battling with it so hard. I had told the Lord, uh, I said, God, if this is a sin and I'm going to hell, then I'm just going to go to hell. And I literally said, I, I remember saying that out loud to the Lord. I was like, I'll just go to hell then. And then God said, is this relationship worth your soul? And so when he told me that, I was like, <laughs> it was like cricket, like, ah, I don't know if that's the case, if it's worth my soul. But what God was actually telling me is crazy. I just realized this today. He was telling me that he cared more about my soul than I did. He was showing me his love and his compassion in that moment. And he was just like, this relationship really worth your soul. So it, I battled with that. But fast forwarding to after my friend said that, um, 
I still was teaching. I still was in a relationship. So this was towards the end of 2020. I had started listening to more teachings online. So I was trying to like, like, gee, trying to get in the word a little bit more. Let me hear what's going on. I was not going to church. So 2020, I didn't have a church home. wasn't going to church like at all. But um, I was learning. And so I want to say at the beginning of end of 2020, beginning of 2021, there was this girl that I follow on social media and she is a life coach as well. She was doing this um, series called Walking in Your Worth, and she did interviews with different people. And so I, I watched like a few of the interviews, and I remember one of them, the question she asked the lady, she said, what advice would you have for someone who's struggling to make a decision? And she said, make a decision because by you not making a decision, you're making a decision. And she said, you're being disobedient and you're straddling the fence. And so I knew that God was speaking to me through her, which I didn't like. So I like shut the laptop and I was like, OK, I don't want to hear any of this, like went on about my business. And so um, about two days later or sorry, that same day, I want to say around that same day, around that time frame, uh, she was supposed to come to my house. And I was like, uh, she was supposed to come, got into a car accident on the way to my house, call me crying saying, I know I shouldn't have came. Cause mind you, oh, sorry, I didn't say this. During this whole time frame too, not only was God telling me to step away, he was telling her to step away. Like at one point she told me she was in her, the kitchen at her mom's house and she heard God speak through my mom's voice telling her to walk away, leave me alone. Wow. It's, yeah, deep. So. She ends up coming to her or on her way to my house, gets in a car accident and then calls me crying saying, God told me not to come. Mm. And I, she was like, I know I shouldn't have came. And I was like, no, no, God didn't say that. Like, no, he didn't say that. And so still that, that tug of war. Yeah. And so I went and picked her up, picked her up that I think I picked her up the next day or whatever. She came over. So after I heard that video, she didn't even know I had watched that video, never said anything to her about it. So literally probably about two days after I watched that video, I was um, sitting in the living room speaking with her and we were like chilling and hanging out. And basically she looked at me and said, Melinda, or she called me Lynn because most people call me Lynn. She was like, Lynn, you're, you're straddling the fence. Mm. And when she said that, I was like, I knew it was God speaking to her because I literally just heard that two days prior in that video. and some that ain't something you tell people you straddling the fence right so i knew it was like god was there was multiple times we would watch videos they would be speaking to us about where we are like disney movies like random stuff right and it was just god really trying to get my attention and so when i heard that i knew it was time and so the next morning i want to say it was the very next morning i ended up taking her home um and it was it was you know i have to be very Honest, it was very, very, very hard because I still, my heart was still there, but it was that whole process and that journey was moving my heart away from her towards God. And so it finally, in that, that next day, I finally reached a moment where the pendulum swung more towards God mm -hmm. to where I was able to walk away. So I dropped her off at home and basically said bye. And after then I, I literally blocked. I, I talked to her one last time when I was leaving the house and um, blocked the number. And, um, you know, I told her bye and, and told her what I was going to do was focus on my walk with God. And 
I um, blocked the number and drove off. And mm. yeah, it was it was it was very painful. It was, but I prayed. I like prayed and prayed and prayed. And then I just remember the third day after I prayed and I was obedient to God. I had a dream, and in my dream, He said, "It is broken." Mm. And that third day, I woke up and I was okay. Like I was. I was okay to where I wasn't like, you know, first three days you in tears and everything else, but I was okay. So that was, that was the pivotal moment that got me to my yes. Wow, man. Like <clears throat> what I'm hearing the common theme is, is that in both of y'all stories, is it safe to say that God is always trying to get our attention in different ways? We yeah. may have, we may have seen it. We may not have, we brushed it off. We didn't hear it or we pretend like we didn't hear it. We'd hold somebody said it to us. We like hearing that y'all in y'all word, right? And y'all are studying the Bible and all this and y'all just, and then that's when everything is like the walls are breaking down and then everything become more, everything's starting to become more clear. And then now you're trying to navigate, okay, I'm becoming this new person, but I still have her by my side. Like, how do I, how do I do this? You know? And so it seems like really, truly, it's that obedience factor. It's like, what does it truly mean to be obedient? What is that? What does it truly mean to really let things go and to really sacrifice and be like, this is what I'm trying to do now. That's in both of your stories. You have the same theme of, you know, I had to walk in obedience, regardless of whatever it is I have to lose, you know, because if I don't, I'm going to lose my life. You know, I'm going to lose my mental wellness or I'm going to be down, down here deep, right? And anything. So thank y'all for that. Um, um, we're, we're doing a part two for this, just let y'all know. So <laughs> it's okay if we, if y'all good on time um, uh, for this. But I think I want to talk about the aftermath. Like, um, and we had a question here of, you know, what are some of the myths or the misconceptions that people have? So you're coming out, you're coming out of this, right, of the, you know, same-sex relationships and the lesbian lifestyle and and people are seeing you and watching you. Like, what are people thinking that you're supposed to be doing now? Like, <laughs> or what do people put on you? Like, okay, you, you, you good now. Like, you should be doing X, Y, Z. Like, what are some things that you're dealing with or you have dealt with where it's like, y'all need to calm down. Like, <laughs> let me be me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're supposed to have, like, 10 kids <laughs> already. And, uh... I mean, well, because also, when you see Jackie Hill Perry, right, and you see her, like, like marriage, four kids, like, you know, healthy, like, all this stuff, they walking in purpose, they doing everything, they're like, so why are you not doing that? Like, you know, like, Right, right. Like <laughs> oh my goodness. So Cree, you know what's funny? After so one of the things a year later I, I went public with my testimony after the Lord pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. Mm -hmm. And so twenty wait wait no, twenty I don't even remember when I shared my I don't even know what year it is. I think it was last year. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty two I shared my testimony. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um I actually was telling Lord when the Lord told me to share it, I said, God, I don't see nobody else out here. Like where are the other people that's been delivered from homosexuality? I'm Googling folks. Like, and then I saw Donnie McClurkin came up and then there was like some other guy that went viral in the, in the worst way wow. who was trying to, and, and it's, it's sad because, and I had to talk about this. The guy 
was the one who at church, he said, and I've been, I think he got on the mic. He was like, I've been delivered from homosexual. I'm no longer gay or something. He said. Oh yeah. I know you're talking yeah. about. And people ridiculed him so much. And so when I was on my search, I actually found him again. And so now he's actually doing, he has a girlfriend, but he's doing videos trying to defend himself. I've seen that. that he's straight. And so to your myth, what people don't realize is it's not, for one, it's not a just switch overnight that happens to where it's like, oh, I'm no longer gay. And, you know, it's it's just a boom. And then um, I'm, uh, you know, dating guys or whatever the case is. And then also, too, you're, you still are who you are. Because, so, like, the thing they're saying about him is about him being a little bit feminine. Right, yep. But that's, that's a part of, that's who he is. I mean, over time it may change, but that's a part of who he is. It doesn't take away to who he's attracted to. There are some sensitive guys. There are some guys who are a little bit more feminine than others. Mm -hmm. That's who they are. So I think that's another part too, to where as people, we're so mm -hmm. caught up on the outward appearance and the flesh that we, just like if you look at the story with Samuel, he went in, um, ready to anoint the wrong person and God was like uh-uh I don't look at people the way that you do I look at spirit yeah. and so I think that's one of the misconceptions is we as as people on the outside you expect it to be an overnight change and it isn't. Mm, it's not an overnight change that's good that's good Ugh. I'm so tired of these types of text messages the audacity of it all I am this close to blocking him and I don't even care I am so sick of this online dating thing and this whole dating scene in general. I want to be married, but man, I don't even know anymore. I mean, I have my own car. I have my own house. I have my own job. My bills are paid, but there's so much going on at work right now with these projects. The holidays are coming up and I'm not ready to deal with the drama from my dad's side of the family, making it seem like I was a problem last year. I mean, I love Jesus, but I don't even attend church anymore like I used to. I used to be involved in everything. You know what? <sighs> I need a pause right now. But I saw something on IG the other day, like she was a coach for single women or something like that. And she had a book. It was like before the man, uh, before you get married, uh, before the husband. It's like a devotional. That's something like you get prepped before, you know, you become a wife and things. Hold on. Let me look at it. Ah, bet. And there's a discount this month too. Got it. Sis, right now in your single season, you need clarity. You need to get back to you and start living purposefully before you even think about dating. In my latest ebook, Before the Husband, a seven-day devotional for single women pursuing purpose, you will be introduced to seven conversations I had with God and myself before inviting a man into my life. It allowed me to do some work and inner healing before marriage. So this month, there is a special 20% off the ebook. Use code BDAY6 at checkout for 20% off the purchase of the ebook. That's BDAY6 for 20% off. Sis, every season of your life will always point back to purpose. In this season, in your single season, it's now. Let's rediscover you before him. Love you. Yeah, I think to um, add on to that, even though it's not an overnight 
change. I think the problem is too that we expect people to all of a sudden now you're going to get married and be heterosexual. Mm -hmm. So when you do change, I expect to see that change mm -hmm. as well. And that's one of those myths that you have to dispel. Because I remember reading uh, not only Jackie Hill Perry, but uh, Rachel Gilson mm -hmm. uh, wrote Born Again This Way. And even in her book, she talked about and she also highlighted some other people in her book. And that was one of the things that she had also talked about, which was you cannot expect people to immediately lose their same-sex attraction. Mm. And that should not be a criteria. Like, now you are truly saved now that you are no longer same-sex attracted. And I like the fact that they had pointed out that's not even something that God says that you will now be heterosexual. Right. Like, he just asks you just to give me you. Mm -hmm. And allow me to give you the power to fight those temptations. And that's where you get the I can do, you know, all things through Christ. I can fight that temptation through Christ. If I try to do it myself, then I don't have the power to do it. Because we have to remember that anything that we can do by ourselves, then what do you got for that? But it's the hard things. It's the temptations, whether it's, you know, same-sex attraction, whether it's porn, whether it's, you know, anything sexual. But people, I know some people who can lie. And I mean, they pack a lie in their mouth. You just never know what the truth is. I know some people who steal. Those are sins as well. Some people who, you know, they gossip. They can't help it. That is what they do. And so to fight, there's anger. Like you can run down the gamut of sins. And if that's one of your strongholds, whatever that might be, you need God's power to be able to fight that. And so for people who are coming out of that lifestyle, you cannot expect that they will be heterosexual. What you can uh, support and hold them accountable to is fighting that, not putting yourself in those situations that will allow you, you know, to be tempted, but we can't hold them to you're supposed to be heterosexual because he never said that. Yes. He just yes. says, I need you to give me all of you. Yes. And in giving me all of you, that means you're going to do your best to set aside what your flesh wants and you're going to do what I want. Mm -hmm. And we we have to start looking at it that way because otherwise the church will continue to handle uh, people coming from the LGBT community wrong because you have the wrong idea of what that really entails. It doesn't entail that. We just need to be that support system for them, hear them out mm -hmm. and uh, give them, you know, other community. Cause that's one of the things that uh, Rachel Gilson talked about in her book, which is you, we need to provide a community for them because they may not ever, mm -hmm. you know, lose that same sex attraction, but because they understand that I cannot go down that road, then what does relationship look like for me? How do I still get that level of closeness and intimacy? Teaching that intimacy does not equal sex. It's something else right. we got to do. Maybe. But getting them to see that you can still have that community and that closeness and that connection 
without ever being married. You now have a family and we have to be more of a family to people so that they still want to, they feel like they're part of something because uh, going back to something that Mel said before, it's like a whole world. Mm -hmm. The LGBT community, it is, it is truly a community. It is a world. And while a lot of it is built on a lot of toxicity, you can find your people. You can find your community. You feel like you belong. Everybody is welcome. That was one of the things that I love. Like I would be at the pride parade like, wow, I wish I had that type of confidence because it didn't matter what you look like, what you had on. I, I loved it because I felt like I was a part of something and we have this innate desire to be connected to people. I mean, we were built that way. And so if you're going to pull me out or I'm coming out of the community, what am I coming out to connect to? Because I already feel like I don't belong because y'all treating me funny. Right. So if I come out, are y'all going to embrace me? Am I now going to become one of y'all? Because if not, let me just stay over here where I'm comfortable because I don't want to come out and be alone. There you go. Right. So we have to do a better job of providing a genuine community for people of all people but since we're talking about this community specifically they gotta have somewhere to go because we can't just oh now you say girl you good no i'm not good i'm not good yeah i it's i mean you touched on so many good nuggets there and i and actually what was interesting for me was after i walked away uh of course i was still grieving that relationship and, and grieving even after those three days where God said it was broken. Uh, there were times where I would pick up my phone, I would stare at her number and like really be about to call or to text. But then um, I could feel the Lord say no. And she had, a, she attempted to reach out in a lot of different ways, like left note in my mailbox, um, uh, had, was, was emailing me. And so it was like all these different ways she was trying to reach out. And I was I was legit fighting it like hard because a part of me still did desire it at that point. But one of the things that I did was I continued to pray to God, Lord, change my heart concerning this. Because even when I walked away from the relationship, I still didn't agree with God on his stance on the relationship. Ooh. I just told God, I want what you want more than what I desire for my life, whatever it looks like. So I left it open-ended at that point, And I told God, you're going to have to change my heart. And so it was probably about some months after that I realized. Uh, so I would say, because this was February that I walked away. And I would say probably spring-ish. Uh, I'm going to say it was like spring, early summer. I was with one of my best friends and we were downtown Raleigh for somebody, something somebody was having. And she told me, she was like, um, talking about a girl walking by. Okay. And she was just like, she made a comment on the girl's physique or something like that. And what was interesting was I looked at the girl and if you've been in the, if you, if you've been an LGBT, you understand, you can look at people and you could feel like, the vibes it's like a it's a, an attraction without even if you're not attracted to them you can still yeah. like feel the vibes or whatever okay. like attra attraction per se mm -hmm. and so when i looked at her i felt nothing like wow zero 
And I was confused. <laughs> mm, wow. I was, I was so confused. I was looking like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that, but I just kept going on. And then later that day, I went to go look for my celebrity crush at the time. And so I went and looked her up, felt nothing. Wow. Like no attraction, nothing, zero. I even unfollowed her. And I realized in that moment, I was like, God, I was like, Lord, you did it. Like he, he took away um, my attraction to women completely. Like it, it, even to this moment, to this day, completely gone. And it's crazy because I, I could tell when I tell people that they look at me, they get confused. <laughs> because for one, I look the same. So they're looking at me like, really? And then also like how I interact with people, like even to this day, I'll go around some friends and I have to remind them because they'd be like, oh yeah, you know, they start talking to me in, like that way. And uh-huh. I'm like, you're like I, I don't do that. Now, you know, um, but it was one of those things where the Lord really did make that shift. But I would say lastly on what G said, the scripture talks about resist the devil and he will flee. Mm-hmm. And so understanding that my story is my story to where God completely took my attraction. Mm-hmm. There are some people who have walked away and the attraction is still there. They still have to fight it. Mm-hmm. But the, the scripture does say resist the devil and he will flee. So mm-hmm. it's important that you continue to not give in and then i think a, a big part of that as she said is having community um i when i first got out and i said got out because i mean from the world i ain't even talking about homosexuality because i was doing some other stuff too mm-hmm. but when i first got out of the world and, and told christ i was all in that was the first thing that i was um yearning for was community mm-hmm. and I, I told the lord i was like where are the christians and I ain't talking about I ain't talking about the the Christians. I'm talking about where are the people who are walking the walk and talking the talk. Mm-hmm. And um, and no offense, I love my baby boomers. I love them greatly. But I'm like, where the where the millennials at? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And so that was something that I did search for, and and of course God led me to a group of millennials on purpose. Hey. And that was uh, where I met Cree. But that was really critical in my walk as well because mm-hmm. I needed that support. That was good. No. And you sound like me because once you know you leave that life and I'm like you, I was doing a lot. So once you leave the life of sin, who do I hang with? I was going through my phone and I was like, I don't have nobody. And it was so sad to sit and realize that everybody that I pretty much hung with on a consistent basis, we was all drowning in sin. Mm -hmm. And my heart began to hurt for them because they still out there. Like I had one tell me, I liked you better when you was gay. Oh, wow. So I'm lame now. But I just had to pray. And I asked God, like, God, Send me some people because when I realized I had one friend, my brother, um, two, so three people total who could really pray for me like I knew you had a prayer life, I felt like really low and I was like, I need you to send me some people because I want like you, where is everybody at? Because I know they out here, but I don't know them. And so I need a community. I was still not going to church because I had gotten so deep into my word 
it was a lot of churches I couldn't go to because I'm like, no, nah, God ain't in there. So I, I couldn't go and I became very picky about um, the word that I was receiving. And so when I started hearing stuff that that's not in the book, I can't go. Or because I'm still really connected to the church of Christ, I couldn't go to some congregations because I know too much stuff going on in here. So it was hard for me and I needed to be around other believers, not people that, you know, just wearing a name, but people who are actually walking the walking. So I remember um, working at this other school and me and this other lady connected. I didn't even realize, you know, she had a Bible study and stuff like that. She invited me when she heard my testimony. She was like, I didn't know. And so then we start, you know, connecting and then meeting uh, other people online. Yeah. I mean, I met, Kendra and then you guys and you know just other people and you just have to ask God like that was another way of him showing like I got you know he had that I got what you want so I was right there got what you need and so I gave God another shot and he made it hot you know but <laughs> he will give you the desires of your heart if you just ask and so I felt like that in the 2021, all of 2022, that was him proving himself to me. Like, I got you. I, I appreciate you trusting me. Now, let me prove to you that I got you. And all this time, he has just been giving me everything, you know, that I say that I want or I need that's going to help me continue to do this. This walk. But one thing you said, um, Mel, and I had to check myself on it was you actually blocked the number, right? Mm. Me, I was like, I'm good. I don't have to block the number. But I had text messages, the photos, like, and I told you I read this other book. And in the book, she talks about keeping like the remnants of the relationship like I'm one I can't clean up because I will find old stuff and so I'm sitting there reminiscing mm -hmm. and so I had like receipts and things from different places we have been to and cards and other stuff and when I read that in her book and she was like if you're still holding on to that that's a part of you that you haven't given to God. Like, why are you holding on to remnants of a life of sin? Yeah. And so with that, I went through, it wasn't immediately, but I prayed about it and I was like, I can trash it. And I just started going through and trash and stuff. It was tough to go through and delete the photos and, you know, all of that, but... I find, you know, I finally did it. It is a process. And that that is one other thing that people have to understand. It's a process and everybody is not going to go through the process at the same rate. Mm -hmm. um, it may be some regression a little bit and coming back, you know, because people experience God, you know, differently. And I think depending on how deep you were into it, it also depends on maybe how hard it is for you to actually make that transition. No, yeah, I have, I have um, a comment to what you said, and then I have another myth. So um, one of the things that was 
and and we ain't got to go deep here. But my story gets even more interesting after I walked away because she ended up passing a few months later. Mm. So literally after I said um, uh, my goodbye, she she died like four months later. Wow. And so that was a whole nother layer of uh, it. I can't even put the words to it, but it it was it was it was hard and it still is hard some days but um the lord actually prior to her passing i would say maybe even a few weeks after i walked away he had me get rid of everything in my house from anyone i dated wow and i mean like uh any like and of course there's probably i find stuff here and there now which i've i've gone to gotten to a place to where i'm past it but it was a whole purging process where I had to go through and, and I mean, watches like gifts and all that shoes, whatever. I was like purging and purging and purging because of that place. I was so hungry for God. I said, I don't want anything to hinder me or hold me back. So I'm like removing, removing, removing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then he even pushed me to delete photos of, um, especially her because it was a little bit different between her and when you go back further out my phone so when i tell you when she died Mm. i had nothing to hold on to um the lord and i also understand now why the lord was pushing me so hard to walk away when i tell you because there's there's probably 20 more pivotal moments i could have shared and they all happened within a few months but he was i felt he was pushing me so hard knowing what was coming Mm. And so uh, I I didn't have literally have a thing to hold on to. Like I remember even trying to look for something, and of course I have like small stuff here and there, Facebook memories and all that. But like there was, and then on top of that, I was blocked. She I had blocked her on Facebook, so we weren't even friends. She had blocked me on Instagram, so to this day I, I couldn't even look at her page after she passed because her page was blocked. So I still say the Lord was literally orchestrating all of this and allowed it to happen because he knew what was coming. Um, and so that was a little bit uh, different, but that was, um, it was, it was tough. It was a, t- a tough point, but it, the Lord allowed me to purge before that took place. Mm. Um, but I was going to say another myth mm-hmm. is that you'll be rejected by people when you come, like how you'll have mass rejection when you share your truth. So after, if you are someone who takes that step and you get delivered, that you'll immediately be faced with rejection. And I feel like for me, at least, uh, it was, it was the opposite. I was embraced not only by the Christian community, I was embraced by the LGBT community as well. Mm. to where I was telling someone today and of course there are exceptions I had people that unfriended me mm-hmm. and all of this but uh, I was telling someone today I literally had people who are in the LGBT community sharing my testimony on their pages really? yeah like saying I'm so proud of you look at uh, you know look at her so a part of like sharing and sharing and sharing that happened a lot even amongst that community and wow. And so um, that was something that when I was crying, I was crying because I was afraid of the rejection that I thought I was going to face. But the Lord has shown me in a lot of different ways when it comes to certain things. He said, don't assume. Mm. 
Mm. Sometimes we assume the worst when that's not even the, the case. We assume the worst when that. So the rejection wasn't even, it wasn't, it wasn't that. It was more so they were still welcomed at. That's something you don't hear often. So <laughs> you don't hear often. It's not talked about what happens after, after the fact, even within the community. So. Right. And there's, there's probably division. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff I don't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was telling someone, I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure if my testimony went like national, you're going to have people who are going to mm-hmm. oppose it as well. But yeah, at least, cool. you know, and, and that's when that happens with every topic. We know that you could be mm-hmm. having a blue dress. You don't have people to say, oh, that's ugly. You have people say, oh, that's beautiful. So, right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, it's going to happen. But it, it was um, people respect it. And I, I think it's important that we even as believers and we approach people who are in who are in lifestyles unlike ours again not just talking about lgbt is we approach it with just love and the grace that god shows us Uh, i think it's important that we back to what g was saying that is the most accepted and loving community i have ever been a part of um even though i always felt like i was different you know that was Mm -hmm. that was one thing but it definitely, I feel like as believers, we have to do the same. We don't have to, you don't have to agree. Mm-hmm. It's not about agreeing or saying yeah. it's, it's, you know, but it's, it's more so about still showing love. Yeah. And I think overall, just this whole discussion as a whole reaches anybody because we're talking about relationships, period. And we're talking about even what happens after heartbreak. And even if you are in a relationship that you know you're not supposed to be in, whether or not hetero, you know, homosexual, whatever, these are the steps you need to take. You know, this is what this is what needs to happen in order for you to surrender fully and to go get in right standing and to re- make sure that you're on the path to basically, you know, re- renew growth and being on the right path with Christ. And so... So the main thing that I got too out of that is community. Like no matter who you are, where you are in your life, what it is, is community is so important. Like when, if you're single, you need a community. If you are a single mom, you need a community. If you're a single dad, you need a community. If you are dating, you're struggling, whatever it is, you need accountability, a a community. Like you need that period point blank, you know? So you need to do that. You cannot be flailing in the wind. Is doing your own thing. Like you have to have folks around you and you have to be okay with being corrected and being okay with being it, not, you know, being corrected at times and being able to build relationships with others. And I think that's where, that's what we don't see as the common theme here, but we should, as we move forward, like this is, this is what is the main thing in order for someone to feel accepted at the church inside the body of Christ. They, of course, they would have to be comfortable with being inside of a community, but we have to also make them feel, you know, comfortable to be okay to let down and to be okay to be vulnerable and to cry out and to just say what their fears and rejection is. Like, we need to have that safe place for them. And I think that's not what's found in in a lot of places, in a lot of churches. So thank you for that. Um, So we're going to come to a close with everything. Um... I'm going to ask one final question. Is there anything else that you want to add, G, or Mel, before I ask the, the final thing that I want you to help the audience with? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I, was, I would say for me, more so um, for anyone who's struggling with anything, 
It doesn't matter if it's like our stories, if it's a different story, if you're in a place where you're struggling, give God a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, for at least in my journey, there are times because of failed relationships, failed mentors, failed parents at times, um, I held God to the same standard that I held men. Mm. And so because of that, I wasn't willing to give him a chance or give him an opportunity. Um, and, and one of the things that, at least for me, as I shared, was I wanted heaven. I, I didn't want to guess if I would get to heaven. Mm-hmm. I wanted the certainty yeah. to, hey, I know that, you know, I have salvation. I know that I'll spend eternity with God. And so my mindset was, well, I'm going to give God a chance to try to do work in me for me. I want to make sure I don't leave any stone unturned Mm -hmm. because if you, if you're someone that's questioning it, whether it's right or wrong, if you just sit and you do nothing, then nothing will happen. But if you actually get to a place to where you say, you know what, well, I'm going to actually see what he has or what he says I'm going to just, even if it's just a little crack, mm-hmm. like even if it's that big, it's opening it to say, hey, Lord, I'm opening a little crack. Because what he'll do, he'll stick his foot in the door. Listen. He'll stick his, Listen. his whole foot in the door. But it's just about giving him the opportunity to even say, well, Lord, like for me, it was, well, God, if, if this is what you want, you're going to have to yeah. to to change my heart about, about it. Ooh, that's good. That's good. And yeah, that's basically what it what it was, is like the advice that you would give somebody struggling, period. Struggling their faith, but also struggling their walk. And they're trying to leave, you know, same-sex relationships or they're in the church too. And they're trying to figure this thing out. So um, so yeah, you can add to that too, Mel, or um, you can pass it on to G because she could talk. But any advice you would give somebody if, if they're listening on and, and they need to be encouraged in any way, what would you tell them? So as far as advice, um, I would say that if you're, whatever it is that you're struggling with, you are going to have to make the decision to change and then surround yourself with the change, you know, that you want to see. I think one of the biggest reasons that it was so hard for me initially and why me and God was going back and forth was because I was still surrounded by all of the things that I needed to let go of in order to live the life that um, he wanted me to live. And so I think that's why it's so big that, you know, Mel, you talked about purging and, you know, getting rid of things, because if you leave it there, it's going to increase the temptation. So once you walk away from it or you decide to walk away, you can't you can't straddle that fence. You are going to have to let go and then surround yourself with the things that you need to continue to stay strong to do so. Because once um, you decide the devil knows it, just like God knows the devil knows. And so it's not going to get any easier. Don't let anybody tell you or make you believe that, you know, now that I'm walking with God, it's about to get easy. No, it's about to get hard. And I like how, you know, Mel said, give God a try because that's the only person that's going to be able to help you through it. 
You know, you can, you need the mentors and things like that. But at the end of the day, because God wants us to solely rely and lean on him, then you're going to need to put all of your hope, trust, and faith right there and then surround yourself with the things of God. Because if you leave a little bit here or you think, oh, I can hang with him. Oh, I can still watch that. Like you, you're going to change what you watch, what you listen to, um, who is pouring into you, because all of that is going to play a role because the devil knows that you're trying to change just like God knows. Mm, that's good. That's good. Mel, go ahead. If you have anything else. Add. Yeah, I would say um, one is find someone like G said, find an accountability partner. Not someone like her and I, we knew, you know, in, in our walk early on, I was, let me talk to my friend. Besides, find someone who was on that path, who was walking for God and, and have that person, allow that person to be someone that you can speak to, someone that you can be honest with, because uh, that's what helped me during my journey was having a person that I could pour into. But then also know that even as you start your journey, if you stumble, that God still loves you. Yeah. Cool. Uh, show show yourself grace because as we said it's a process. It's not an overnight change. So understand there may be times that you may slip up, but the key is that we don't stay there. Mm -hmm. That we don't stay in those places, but we continue to move forward. And if you have the right people around you, you're reading God's word, you're spending time in communion with him, you'll have all the strength and encouragement that you need to keep moving forward. That's good. Oh, that's so good. Thank you for that. So yeah, listen, y'all, we are about to close out the episode. I thank you so much, G. Thank you so much, Mel, um, for this opportunity that you all were able to just share your testimony. I mean, like we told the audience, y'all like, this is different. Yeah, it is a little different because we're actually having like a storytelling rather than asking questions. But I really do hope y'all tuned in and really honed into what they were actually saying. And you never know who's in, whoever's in your life that you know might be battling or struggling or you yourself. Talk to somebody. Um, leave a comment. Leave a review. Leave us. Leave any way that can pray for you or we can pray for you. Like we want to make sure that um, that this doesn't this goes beyond just this conversation here. So if you have more pieces to add or if you want to have some more insight or you want to leave like how much this has touched you in any type of way, let us know. Send us a review. Leave a comment put a post out, do something. So before we leave though, how can the people find you? And now y'all didn't talk so good. Y'all didn't share y'all testimony. Now they're like, hold up. I need to go find them. I want to talk to them. I want to see what they all about, what their life's about, what's going on with whatever y'all may have going on business-wise or, you know, with a ministries and how can they find you on the social medias? Uh, but I just have to say, this is the first okay. time I've actually shared my testimony. Oh, really? So, oh wow, yeah. So yeah. I've, you know, I've talked to other people like privately, but never publicly. Yeah. So this is good. Yeah. Amen. It's about to open some doors, G. Yeah, for it. Wait for it. It <laughs> is going to open doors. Yeah, go ahead, G. Go ahead and tell us uh, where people can find you and um, what you got going on. <laughs> but if you want to find me I can be found because I am on uh, social media you can find me uh, Facebook it's my name Angelina McClinton 
on Instagram. It's I am underscore Angelina McClinton. Um, if you are needing support, um, as I stated earlier in the show, that I do have a support community for single mothers. It's called Hagar's Village. It's Hagar's Village on Facebook. It's Hagar's underscore village um, on Instagram. So you can find me on both of those. I do have a book in the works right now. Yeah. (laughs) I do have a book in the works. It is called uh, The Truth in Love. And so I don't know. This, This is another thing where Truly relying on God has come in handy because I've been writing since I was a kid, but I too have been working with Kendra. Like shout out to Kendra Dublin. Shout out to Kendra. But I've had to tell her that when I write, the spirit is literally helping me write this book. Like I've never had to sit and try to figure out what to say or how to say, but this right here, that's how I know like this is all God because he's asking me to actually tell my story in book form. And so how to say it, the spirit has literally been talking me through this because I would sit and nothing would come. And then I would pray about it and all of a sudden words flow. So yeah. So y'all wait on that. That is um coming out. I do have a podcast that'll hit the airwaves uh, next okay. month. It is called Book Chapter and Converse. Ooh. So be on the lookout for that as well. Yes. Come on, all the things. Mel, what you got? So for me, uh you can find me on Instagram at um at <laughs> Melinda V Douglas, and that's Douglas with two S's like Frederick Douglas. Uh, and then you can find me on Facebook. So I do have, as I said in my intro, I am a Bible study leader. Uh, as God had pushed me to to start the Bible study group, it's called Bible Study Amongst Friends. And it's truly a place to where uh, not only do we grow, we learn about God, but also a place of fellowship. Because as I told you all, when I uh, when I made that declaration and took that step, I was longing for that sense of community. And so with this group, we are essentially a group. Uh, we're a group of friends. I consider us to be a group of family. Uh, and then once a quarter, we actually get up for an in-person meet if you're local. So if you're in the Raleigh-Durham area, come and join us. Even if you're out of town, come fly in and join us. It'll be great. Yeah. But um, those are the things that's going on. And prayerfully, I'll have a book soon. But um, yeah, that's all. Yes. Y'all got so much going on. Y'all support these two um, we'll make sure to have all the information in the link below or in the description below rather so hit them up if you got questions or you want to just uh you know join whatever they got going on or if you want to just follow them and be like i can't wait for this book so everybody waiting on this book so yeah follow them okay so we love y'all everybody out there we love y'all thank y'all for tuning in to when marriage and purpose collide um yeah thank y'all too appreciate y'all y'all have a good night and thank you hey thank you for tuning into when marriage and purpose collide podcast click on the link in the description to learn a little more about us subscribe and send a review on your takeaways or any new insight you have gained in this episode see you back here for our next episode peace